I am a third generation artist. Okay. My grandma was an artist and a florist. My mom was an, is an artist and a florist, and I have been an art a florist, and I am an artist. Awesome. Um, currently, I do art, and I've it's been a journey to get to where I'm at. Um, I guess growing up, of course, art came easy. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was a kid. I could draw, and I could draw anything, and I loved the imagination of things and dinosaurs and dragons. And um, I wasn't raised Christian, but uh, was definitely raised in a moral household. You know, no, no drinking or things were good. Although my dad was, and I didn't know. <laughs> That's a whole other story. You are listening to Beholder Podcast, conversations with creatives for creatives. I'm Jeremiah Jones, and in our first episode, we will be having a conversation with Cody Martin, a Christian creative in small town Missouri. Join us as this vulnerable conversation takes us on a journey discussing the influence of others as well as the effect a trusting community can have on our creativity. Anyway, I I guess I got to high school and I did... uh, theater and uh, performing arts, as well as visual arts. And I kind of felt like I had a crossroads. I had to decide if I wanted to go into one or the other. Could have double majored, I suppose, but I didn't really want to do that. And I went into theater, and I went to a community college and, made, and did theater there, and that's where I met my husband, okay. John, that you'll talk to yeah. later. Awesome. Um, and so art kind of went to the shelf for a bit. It's, it's different when... You're born with a talent, and you can just kind of do it, and people, well, how do you do that? I don't know, I just can, <laughs> I guess. And Versus with theater was something I kind of, I learned and did it on my own, and it was my own thing. I felt like it wasn't so, like, a, already there. I had to learn it and grow it. Um, I did storytelling a lot, a professional storyteller for a bit. Uh, and then in college... I had a situation happen where the person who led me to storytelling and really got me involved with it, and I was traveling and doing performances and doing really well, uh, we had a misunderstanding, and she kind of put my fire out, (laughs) we'll say. just She would probably be heartbroken to know that, but her misunderstanding a situation, she... um, basically said, I'm not going to help you anymore. I don't know what you want. You're too undependable, which I, I missed one event that wasn't my fault. It, yeah, it's a long story short. Um, I, I stopped doing storytelling, and it was really hard because that was my heart. That was what I was following. Mm-hmm. And so I felt kind of lost for a while, and I tried to rekindle it, but it just I think it was the Lord wanted me to go a different way. Mm-hmm. And I still do storytelling just every now and then for fun, but it, it's not anything I pursue, I guess you could say. And, uh, of course, theater's fun, but I, I don't like the big city. I don't like that scene. I don't like mm-hmm. being around the idea of going to Hollywood or anywhere big. Right. I'm a nature girl. I like to be around trees and beauty and, and uh, small town. Yeah. So, uh, you know, John was the same. We both had theater degrees, but neither one of us liked the big city, and so we kind of went into the working world. And as an artist, I kind of lost sight of myself completely because I got into a, we got into a 
denomination that was very conservative. And it's not that they taught that you couldn't be an artist or in, and discourage people from doing so. It was just more, it seemed very practical to me. Like, you know, the Bible has certain things that women should do and mm. they should be a good, you know, wife and a good mother and a good, all these things. And um, I was trying to focus on being better at cooking and being better at keeping home and, and, and all those <laughs> And a lot of this is my own creation, probably in my head, that I thought, to please God, I needed to fit in this mold. Right. And so, to me, art became frivolous. Mm -hmm. It became, um, you know, a distraction from, I need to be getting the dishes done. I need to be taking care of things. These are what are more important is taking care of my family unit. And uh, it became very... I don't know who I was for 12 years. There was I was struggling, and I didn't even know why. Hmm. I thought I was doing the right thing, and the and the and the Christian folk I was around, you know, were encouraging, and but uh, that I was doing the right thing. But at the same time, I always knew something wasn't right. Christian people I was with weren't encouraging um, they weren't encouraging me to not do art it's just again it was very much one of those congregations I guess that you kind of even though we said you don't have to work to earn your salvation you felt like you did mm. and and so everyone was trying to dot all the creed dot all the I's cross all the T's mm -hmm. and uh, make sure they did everything that they're supposed to do so that they can get in you know we and um there was this underlying feeling of am I ever going to be good enough mm -hmm. and I struggled so much with with just guilt and worry and I went through seasons of uh anxiety and uh, almost hype um, what's it called when you're worried about your the hypochondriac yes yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you you nailed it <laughs> yeah, look at you <laughs> it's like you know these things um, yes hypochondriac and um, I, I knew I didn't want to become somebody like that and so you know God did help me rein those things in of course but I, I always knew something wasn't right something about how our belief system was wasn't correct and I couldn't put my finger on it and uh, I came to an art, the Limner's Retreat mm -hmm. uh, last year and um, was around other Christian artists and experienced uh, just people who were so accepting and loving and artists that would do art just to do art and no one saw it even. And they would just do it for the fun of it. And I had totally lost sight of that. And uh, I was trying to, like, get that back. And I'm like, how do I break this crazy thought pattern of if it's not practical, it's not good. Hmm. How, if it's not practical, it's a waste of time. Uh, and do you think that your Christian beliefs or this mold that you think you're fitting into 
kind of played into that? Yes, I think that at the way I believed then, um, I did not see how art, unless it was extremely obvious, like I do a cartoon drawing for the Sunday school class to mm-hmm. color. Right. <laughs> That's the most you know absolute practical you know application. Or I did a bulletin board or something in the church. Mm. Otherwise, I felt at the time my beliefs was that art was kind of a distraction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and do you think that the church had a big role in that conception, that um, idea? I, that congregation, it's not that they... I perceived that in the way they taught. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they liked when I did a bulletin board. No one discouraged my talent, but there was also really no practicing creatives there, and no one our age really at all. And so a lot of lots were older or uh, just our, our whole generation, my John and I's generation was just missing. Mm-hmm. It was like two generations that are just plucked out. And there's some kids and then like people in their 40s. <laughs> okay. And so it was a very awkward dynamic. And John and I often felt very like we were the, hanging out with the youth, which we were the youth leaders for a little while, which was a great experience. Um, or we were... Yeah, with the old people. I mean, which has its perks, and right. I and don't get me wrong, I love hanging out with older folk. But there was definitely a dynamic we were needing to feed our spirit, to keep us young and keep us focused on having goals. Hmm. There was no goals. It was just like you just get by, you just kind of, you know, muddle through and hope at the end you make it to the finish line. Right. You know, and it was there was no joy. Hmm. And part of the loss of joy might have been my art is very much a part of me, and I had quit that. Mm-hmm. So after being at the retreat and seeing people and, and other artists and Christians create, and um, Mark and some other friends introducing me to to the idea that, of course, you're, God's a creative. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it be wrong to be creative? And that's he created you to create, and you're, if you've got these talents, you should be doing using them. Then it became a challenge of me trying to reformulate my brain to quit thinking I'm wasting time to let's make time for this. Mm -hmm. God can use it. It'll be okay. I may not understand how now, but God has, you know, his mysterious way of using things in a way that we'd never imagine. Mm -hmm. And you just have to trust that sometimes. So. Yeah. And the reason I, you know, kind of, probed you a little bit there. Yeah, no, go uh, ahead. Our stories are kind of similar in, the, in our backgrounds as far as not growing up in the church. Mm-hmm. And so I had this misconception as well when I entered into the church realm that everything that I had to create had to have purpose towards yeah. glorifying God. And yes. there's a lot of pressure on that. Uh, yeah. An extreme amount of pressure, especially as a musician and being a worship pastor uh-huh. and having that passion for, you know, leading others in worship and sure. shepherding over those kind of, uh, the, the creative people in their church. Um, that everything that I create has to, in some way, glorify God. Yes. <laughs> and it's <laughs> so difficult to just sit down and be like, okay, I need to write this song for the church. But it, it really has to come down to, like, you, you have to do it for yourself first, I think. Yeah. Um, at, at least for a little bit. You have to kind of find sure. that way to, to get back to yourself. And be like, okay, uh, like this is something that I'm really passionate about and I really love. Don't worry about writing for others, mm-hmm. um, but keeping that connection between you and God specifically, 
so, I mean, it doesn't have to be something you're trying to write for the church, but right. write it, write it for yourself, write it for God. And if, if something comes out of that, that can be, you know, infused into the church, that's great. Um, if not, then at least you did what you were supposed to do and you created to glorify God. Right. So, right. uh, yeah, I, 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 I totally understand where you're coming from. That's cool. Uh, you know, not growing up in the church and then having all this pressure as soon as you get in there, because uh, you don't feel like you're doing things that are practical. Yes. If you're trying to do things for yourself. So. Yeah, and then you feel selfish because you're like, we're doing it for myself. Yeah, exactly. You know, I should be doing something for others because that's how we're supposed to be. Right. You know, and so you, you have these crazy mental battles, you know, of, and, and yeah, it, it wasn't until I got around other creative Christians that I started to be like, oh, um, you know, growing up, I loved to draw dragons, mm. dinosaurs and dragons. That was my thing to draw. Well, after becoming a Christian, I, I was like, well, dragons is like the, another name for the devil. Right. You know, I mean, is it wrong to draw dragons now? You know, <laughs> but, well, but I love to draw dragons. It's a fun expression. You can do anything with them. But right. it, you know, it, I had to learn that, and I've just come to realizing this recently, that uh, God creates, and if we draw or express in whatever our art medium is his beauty and and it gives other people joy if it makes them smile if it gives them peace or whatever feeling that, that's good you know especially impacting people for good or helping them answer a question or sit figure something out you know a lot of songs will boy that really hits home because that's how I feel right now right. And, it, and it resonates with you and then it gives you that, that kind of a piece and it's like someone else out there understands mm -hmm. uh, you know as a visual artist I think you know what what I create now I make butterflies and uh, and I've started to make fantasy butterflies which I, I, I struggled with I'm like well I'm gonna make real butterflies <laughs> because I don't know my brain's crazy and then finally I'm like you know it'd be kind of cool if this butterfly was kind of like this instead and then that's really kind of, people have really been drawn to the fantasy ones more and I've really been enjoying them more. And then these creative thoughts keep popping in. What if I did this? What if I did this? And I'm like, well, where do you think those thoughts come from? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it, the freedom that we have. And after we left that congregation, the freedom is the big word of the year is freedom for me hmm. that we have through grace and, and just... He doesn't expect us to perform perfectly. He doesn't expect us to get it all right. That's why Jesus came. Mm, we yeah. need him. Amen. <laughs> and um, we need him in order to be seen as perfect. We need his, his blood on us. And so it's been a crazy wild ride of trying to get my brain <laughs> to, to stop overanalyzing it. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Just that that shift in perspective. So, um, what was it that really triggered the idea? Was it was it the leaving of this congregation specifically, or was it just things that led up to that point? Like, how did you overcome that creative barrier? That's that's the big thing that that's we're talking about. That's the big about. thing we're talking so, about. Like, how did you get from here to here? I think one of the, I mean, the tipping things for me. Mark handed me that book, um, Art in the Bible, mm -hmm. and I Francis Schaeffer. Thank yep. you. Yep. And uh, he says, I really feel like you need to read this. Yeah. And so I, at the retreat over the weekend, I read the whole book. I mean, it's not very long. <laughs> right, right. But I, I, I went ahead and 
um, it really helped me recognize how much art is in the Bible mm-hmm. and how much God is a creative and that, you know, if, it's a beautiful thing to be a creative. Really I mean, it's, it's part of who God is. What an awesome opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so why would anything we create, I mean, within reason, be be wrong, be displeasing to him. It would be pleasing to him to see his creations being creative. I mean, it would, it's just like a a parent seeing their child. I'm sure when my mom watched me draw for the first time, it gave her joy because she drew and her mother drew. And now my daughter's drawing, you know, how beautiful is that? So that book kind of helped me go, okay, brain, you can stop because they look. This is okay. This is not displeasing to the Lord. It's not a distraction. It's not all those labels I'd given it. And then uh, surrounding myself with people who would encourage my art. Um, With social media, certain friends that I could talk to if I was having a hurdle or feeling like, like I was doing this for no reason. They would be supportive. So finding a community that helps you, that, that's something that really helped me. I'm an extrovert and I need people big time. And so, I understand that. <laughs> and so that, that was a tremendous help. Um, it was such a journey. I mean, overcoming this huge wall of a hurdle barrier <laughs> that I had was definitely, it didn't happen overnight. And it was in steps. Like little things would happen that I would be like, okay, you know, I, I feel like, you know, this is good. And, and, and then someone will say, oh, you know, this is cool. Why don't you try that? And then I'm like, oh, okay. And, and then I find someone, the joy on their, on their face when they see it or the, the, the happiness it brings myself even mm-hmm. whenever someone's like, oh, I love that, you know, or whatever. It, uh, it drives you to do more. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a solid thing besides that, that book. And really, yes, getting away from that conservative thinking. I keep using that word, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's really key. Uh, it's restricting. It's very restricting. Yeah. And yeah. frankly, though, I, wouldn't re- I don't regret the journey. Because I feel like once that restriction was removed, it's mm-hmm. like, shit. You know, I've had all this pressure bottled <laughs> up and shaken. Right. And then once I, like saw that I could pop the top off of this, I just was like, and now I've got like creative ideas like bursting forth. And it's like, I can't even harness them and I don't want to. (laughs) And it's just, it's been an explosive fun time, but, and maybe, you know, maybe I needed that. Maybe I needed that to, I don't know, uh, to liven it up, to make it more mine and find my identity in my art. Um, that's something that I've been learning a lot too, is that it's not necessarily, you, you know, the Christian faith isn't necessarily adhering to a bunch of rules and structure and all this yes. and that. It's about just being in step with, with the spirit, being in step with God, and allowing him to like lead mm-hmm. your path. Cause that's, that's where the freedom that you're talking about. That's where that comes is in just allowing him to take control and you're just along for the ride. And there's so much freedom in that. And you're just able to. Allow yourself to be who you are yes. and do what you love because you know that that's going to be what ultimately glorifies God is right. your, what you are passionate about, what you, what he has gifted you to do. I mean, he wants you to create like right. what you were talking about earlier. It's, 
he created this world. You know, you look through the Genesis account, all these, you know, things that he went through. You look at Exodus 31 and the tabernacle, you know, everything that's, that's there is for a purpose. Right. and it might not be a practical purpose to some, you know, like right. the color of the garments and the, you know, the, the proper stitching that needed to happen. The carving you know. of the lilies and the, right. you know, all those. But it's beautiful. It's yeah. It's beauty, and that's and our and our father delights in that. He delights yes. in beautiful creations. We're a beautiful creation, you know. Yes, like that's right. <laughs> and he delights in us. Once I realized that my Christian walk wasn't supposed to be a bunch of, you know, did I do this? Okay, check. Did I do that? Check. Okay. You gotta go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or, you know, it's okay, but everybody's gonna be like, you know, we really missed you. And, you know, you feel guilty. And people, you know, you know, even throw in the fa- in your face the verse that says, you don't forsake the assembling together. We've had that happen. We had that happen to us when we were trying to sort out what God was wanting us to do. Um, and it's really led me to see not to judge other people and their journey and where they're at because you have no idea what God's doing and everybody's individual. And that's what's awesome. It's like they, what, what I came from tried to make everything generic. Mm. And there was no enc- real encouragement of a personal relationship with Christ at all. It was just... Even though they'd say it's not a checkbox, don't you know? It's not we do this, this, and this, get into heaven. It really was, mm-hmm. and everything they said they weren't is what they were. <laughs> and I feel terrible. These are lovely people, and lots of them I, I I still am friends with. I dearly love, but that belief system did not work for my creative mind nor my husband's. Mm-hmm. Well, and you not growing up in the church. Uh, right. You know, those that didn't grow up, I mean, we have a different perspective. We, mm-hmm. we, we're we not conditioned to think in a certain way. Yes. And so we can come in as the outside look, outsider looking in to the situation. Right. And really observe and pick apart and really see like, oh, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Why are you doing things that way? Why are you so hesitant to try to change? Yeah, why is it when I ask you, you, you derail the conversation? Right. Or, or you like get on to me or <laughs> it's something? It's like, are you... Are you really I sure of yourself? Like, do you, yeah, I that, don't, it's... You know, you, you mentioned fear something, overcoming fear. Mm-hmm. There was, I, I'm going to say it this way, and I know some people may not like it, but there was a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. heavy, in that group. You could almost, I mean, you could almost see it. And no one was like, oh, I mean, not like you're trembling like what you imagine fear being, but it was like, are, am I ever good enough? Mm-hmm. And then there was a... You know, it was an older congregation, older folks, and um, a lot of them. Again, that whole change thing is just not an option. <laughs> and uh, but it was very clear that what was happening wasn't working, and it's very broken. But they absolutely refused to look at it any other way, and they were right, and everyone else was wrong. And you know, it's as plain as the nose on your face that this is not working, and you continue walking in this direction and it's like you know my husband it it was hard for me because I'm again I'm pretty outspoken I'm very social and um and I'm one to stand up and say hey 
well, you know, why is this the way? But this, this, this particular congregation was, women weren't allowed at the meetings. It was men's meetings. It was very, women didn't lead any kind of worship, anything. Um, we didn't have to wear skirts and buns, but, you know, <laughs> it wasn't far away. Which and, is sadly the case in many congregations, so. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and, you know, again, to each his own, but for me, no. But uh, John would try to point out in reason with them, you know, you know, this isn't working, you know, and, and he would just be seen as the radical one. Um, he was very not understood, and I struggled a lot with defending him because he was an introvert and no one there understood what that was. And at the time, I didn't really either, but I knew he was different. It's just how he was, but he wasn't accepted. They all wanted to change him. Yeah. They want to change him. <laughs> and even I, for a season, wanted to change him. But that wasn't, I know now that that would be a terrible thing. <laughs> it can't change him anyway. He knows who he is and he's happy with that. <laughs> You'll find that out But um, when you visit with him. But it, uh, it was really hard for me because I always felt like I had to defend him and explain him to people. And, and if I could have just been able to go and express the thoughts and ideas that, I need, that, that we felt together... We work really well together, John and I. We, you know, the things that he was trying to get across maybe could have worked better, but it, it just wasn't part of his personality, you know, repertoire, if you will, to be able to express those things in a way that they got and they and they all misunderstood him. So it, it was just a mess. <laughs> part of them are family. Um, part of them don't talk to us anymore because we left. Um, we were told that we were following Satan. Oh, wow. And, um, well, my cousin told me that. <laughs> and, uh, we were uh, basically, we, we told them, we both felt strongly that we were led out individually. John knew six months before me <laughs> that he was done, but he was waiting on me. There was a lot of connection for me that I had to work through. Mm-hmm. And bless his heart, he knew I needed to do that on my own time. And so, you know, finally, after having that art meeting that really opened my eyes to you know, maybe God isn't nearly as strict as I thought. And then doing some study on my own um, and about grace. Grace was tremendous. Was Grace was not talked about really in the church at all. Um, so it was more, did you do these things? Okay, you're good. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go and live a good life. Okay, <laughs> thanks, that's fun. And what does that even mean, you know? But then, anyway... It, uh, when it, when it finally resonated with me that I needed to leave, we needed to leave. And I told John, he, he made his decision separately. He's like, I feel like God's called, called me out too. And, and I had said, I, I had done some studying and seen some truth about grace. And I'm like, okay, I see now, you know, okay, grace. So, so things are, so I'll go, we'll go back to church and everything we find. I'll just, I'll just remember this as we study. And I felt the spirit say, that's not going to work. And I was like, oh, <laughs> because I mean, leaving was so complicated as a small group. And we were in like the core group, you know what I mean? The ones right. that do things yep. and make things happen and are there when the doors are open. And so leaving was very hard. And particularly for me, John was, had already felt like an outsider anyway. So he was easy to kind of, but as I was kind of, 
I don't know, people really, you know, I talked to a lot of people, and it really was hard to, and a simple answer of we feel like the Lord is leading us in a different direction wasn't enough for them. They And they wanted, you know, we, we, we sat down with some friends who made it terribly miserable and, and told us that one day we'll be back, and, you know, don't be surprised when you come back, and all these things, and it's, it's like they don't have a clue, yeah. and it's and I, that's why judging. I'm like I don't, I can't ever look at a person who's going through something and be and be like oh, you. It's no. like no, <laughs> I don't have a clue what's going through their head and what God's telling them. And their journey's different, and that's cool. I think it's beautiful that God takes us down each of a path that we need because He knows us. He made us, and so having that walk individually, personally with Him is so precious and, and such a huge um, testament of how much he loves us mm-hmm. and what he's willing to do for each of us. And so getting through the fear of if I don't go to church on a Sunday, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hell, <laughs> you know, and, and getting past some of those silly things that like, okay, if I don't get the dishes done, I'm not a bad wife. <laughs> I mean, as petty as that sounds, these were very real things for me. And um, I, a lot of the people I, I, I talked to in, in, in the congregation that um, I tried to explain, they didn't understand it because obviously it didn't affect them that way or they didn't recognize it. And so I just said, well, maybe it's just, it's just for me. It's not right for me. Maybe this place is right for you. Whatever. That's fine. Um, but... To each his own, I guess. But the Holy Spirit has become a huge part of my life. And he definitely has been guiding and directing. And that was something that they didn't believe in there. Uh, it's not that they didn't believe in it. It was it's like, yes, when you're baptized, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. What, what does the Holy Spirit do? And we did some studies on it, but it was always very sterile. Mm-hmm. Like... There was never any room for him to actually individually direct you unless it came through the Bible. Hmm. That was the only way he could communicate. And so, you know, if you have a moment outside where you're looking over and you something happens and, and you feel like the Lord has shown you something. So, and we've all, you know, those Christians that believe in the Holy Spirit have had those moments. And... Um, they, they discredit that. Well, what if that was a, a demon? Well, what if that was, you know, X, Y, Z? And so that, uh, getting myself to stop thinking that way was really hard. Um, and recognizing that, uh, no, I can recognize God's voice. It's not as complicated as they wanted to make it. And so... After getting some really wrong thinking out of my brain, I was able to be free more. And then that's when our creativity really started to flow out. I did have a season where my art really helped me work through some of those emotions. I did a painting of uh, two Purple Martins. John and I are the Martins, you know, our last name. Uh, bursting out of a box. Hmm. And the box had words like fear, you know religion and the religion you know what I mean not 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 Christianity but the religious you know we must do this this and this thinking um 
all, you know, just had, had several words on the box, and the birds were bursting out, and uh, there were hands reaching up out of the box trying to grab the birds to bring it back in, and the birds were just, like, joyful and, like, breaking free, and, you know, grace and freedom and all those things are what... The, and so some of those art, my art really helped me work through those emotions and feelings and getting that out somehow. Even though that's not what I practice now in my art, I don't paint that way, uh, or really about that subject. It's, it's interesting to me how art can be an avenue to get work through emotion. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as a, as a songwriter or, or a musical person you definitely have that <laughs> yeah, I have many outlets to, to right that those things are so helpful poetry is something else I do for when I'm extremely emotional I can things come to me in rhyme I have no idea why but it's kind of fun uh, what's so. awesome about just the image of what you presented with that portrait um, that you created it's mm-hmm. it's not just your story like that's the story of other people as well and I think it's awesome when you know, God gives you those revelations mm-hmm. uh, to to create and to r- truly express what you're feeling mm-hmm. in, in the moment. You know, um, because that's going to speak to somebody else. Because I, I hope it can. Art always evokes a response. Yeah. And I mean, it it can be a negative, it can be a positive response, but it's always going to evoke a response. And if it's something that was personal to you in mm-hmm. that moment, and that it was truly revealing. People are going to pick up on that. They're going to see the vulnerability. They're going to see um, just how transparent you're being through your artwork. And that's really going to speak to people. They're going to be like, yeah, I, I understand that. I feel that. Uh, I, that's just that's one of the main things that I love about art and mm-hmm. beauty is that it just draws out so much of the human condition. <laughs> yeah, and, and in ways that words maybe can't express. Mm-hmm. Or in no other way, in no other form, it comes out in art. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> oh. no. Good timing. Thank you for listening to Beholder Podcast. This episode, as well as the transition music, was recorded, produced, and edited by me. Our theme song comes from Guys on a Bus. They are currently on tour, and you can learn more about them at guysonabus.com. If you're interested in connecting with Cody, we'd love for you to have that opportunity. You can check out the show notes for information on that. Also, check out our social media pages so that you can keep up to date with new episodes, giveaways, and more. And please, rate and review us on iTunes and other podcasting platforms. This way, we can help others find our show. Thanks again for listening. Now get back to creating.